Hi everyone, it's Paul Ward here and welcome to another edition of Farm Talk. I'm very excited today. We're going to be talking about backyard gardening. Everybody has their favorite crop that they like to harvest each season. And today specifically, we're going to be focusing on tomatoes. We have an expert with us, Scott Daig. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Paul. It's good to be with you. Exactly. What is tomato mania? We're, we started as an heirloom seedling sale. Okay. We're going to grow the wackiest heirloom tomatoes you've ever seen and offer them to you as a home gardener. That's what, that's what it's about. It's also about volume. So when Tomato Mania comes to town, you'll have more choices than you ever believed were possible. We carry those wacky heirlooms, right, mm -hmm. that I seed, I custom grow, okay. because nobody else is growing them. Mm -hmm. But then we also rally the favorites and the classics as well, because I can't do without that. Right. I'd get my wrist slapped, you know, repeatedly. So we pull together uh, unique groups. It's not always the same group of tomato seedlings, right? Mm -hmm. We pull these together and we showcase them at events all over California. We're in the middle of winter right now. I mean, <laughs> we are in winter. A California winter. Right. Wearing a short sleeve shirt. When is tomato season and when will these events be happening? Well, it's always spring, obviously. Okay. Tomato Mania aims for the cusp of spring in your city, town, zone, or whatever, wherever you are. Okay. So we will we will begin in Southern California, further down the coast than we are now, okay. um, uh, on February 25th in Corona Del Mar at Rogers Gardens. That's our, that's our launch. And we will go south after that to San Diego, right? Mm -hmm. Mission Hills Nursery down there, on and on. And then we kind of come up back up the coast, a lot to do in the LA area. And often we've been north of that, but this year we will not on our tour. So it begins just when it's right for tomatoes to go in the ground. Tomato growers, tomato gardeners are eager people. So they want to get tomatoes as soon as possible. We provide them as early as possible so that can happen. Okay, and we're sitting at uh, Otto and Sons Gardens here in Fillmore, California, and you're gonna have an event here as well. We are definitely gonna be here at Otto. This is one of our longest running events. Um, I like to say that, that Otto is to roses what we are to tomatoes. We go find the newest, the best, the most beautiful, the, you know, all of that, and we showcase it for the home gardener. And that's what they do here and have done so well for such a long time. Uh, they've been amazing friends of the event, and then uh, they have an amazing team here. So we love to partner with them, and it will be a highlight of our season as it is every year. Okay. So for the, for the novice who's just getting started and listening to our podcast, and you know they've, they've tried growing some tomatoes in the backyard, maybe they've had some success, maybe they've had some failure, what would be your advice for them to just kind of get started? Well, first of all, try again. Okay. <laughs> you, got to, you got to try again, right? right? You got to make this go. Tomato growing is not difficult. Sure, you have steps that you should follow, mm -hmm. right? And, and there are the basics, you know, and, and we want to make sure that uh, the plant is in a, you know, in a, in a good amount of sun or full sun, mm -hmm. as a good gardener knows, right? Six to eight hours. Doesn't need to be in the sun all day. Mm -hmm. You need to find a full, sp full sun spot. Uh, whether that's in a container or in the ground, and you, know, you can you you decide that, or a gardener decides that. But um, once you have a good spot, it's all about the soil and the and where the thing is growing. After that, it's all about you. It's all about you, the farmer, the gardener, the you know the homeowner. Um, and again, there, there are not tons of steps, but you have to be on top of it. You have to be aware, and uh, you have to apply yourself a little bit. You can get great tomatoes. Right. Are there some tomatoes that just are easier to grow than others? I mean, I would assume so. Like well, I think, there, I think you could say that, sure. Mm -hmm. um, I think a cherry tomato is probably the easiest thing to grow. It's the closest thing to the species, right? Um, you get more of them than, than other things because the smaller the tomato, the more you get. Right. And people like that, they tend to be tough and, and that's often a good starter kit you know, for a, um, for a new grower. And then in the world of tomatoes, you have hybrids and heirlooms in a very general sense, two, mm -hmm. two classes, if you will, right. um, of tomatoes. Hybrid tomato? is bred. It's designed to be successful, productive, right? 
um, disease resistant in many cases. It's the, the right people, the right farmers have said, wow, like in any breeding, this, these qualities and these qualities should be crossed so that we get a better mousetrap, right? So that's and that's what the, happens with the hybrid. The typically, the go to the grocery store and buy a red tomato. Well, it is, it right. is. And in hybrid tomatoes, however, often they often suffer the uh, cardboard tasting tomato in January kind of, you know, umbrella, right. which is not right, which is, which is absolutely, you know, not, not correct. The, the, what you're gonna do in your backyard is completely different mm -hmm. than, or the process, completely different than, than what happened with that tomato you're buying in January. Mm -hmm. So some of the hybrids are our, are our favorites. I mean, the better boys of the world. My grandfather, he, he grew 25 better boy tomatoes every year. That's what he did. Mm -hmm. And back then there wasn't much more that, that you could get right. um, in terms of supply or in terms of, of selection. But they're amazing tomatoes. Sun gold, little orange cherry, that'll, that'll make people smile out there. Mm -hmm. um, it's the world's favorite tomato, Is no question. Right? Really? And a hybrid. So hybrids are amazing. So again, for, for a starter, for somebody who's just getting going, um, aim smaller, grow a hybrid. Try, start with that. Then right. you can get the wacky heirlooms. I'll give you more of those than you can ever, you know, ever, ever want in your life. Right. Um, but that's where, that's where it begins. And I think that's a way to teach yourself that it's not that difficult. And the reward when you eat what you've grown in your backyard is huge. And, and it, will make, it will make people become tomato maniacs like me. Right, and your and your your followers, your event goers, are you call them tomato maniacs? Absolutely, they they want they want what they want. My, my my crowd is very specific, and yes, we deal with the absolute beginning gardener to you know somebody who's been gardening for fifty years. All of that, you know, all of those people are fans and and lovely supporters of us, and we're very grateful for all that. Um, so we provide it all. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, Paul, that I I love about our events is that I hire, I associate. Um, my good gardener friends at, you know, I ask them to come help me at my events. Right. So we're a group of people who know how to grow tomatoes, know largely what's in the selection and can help people choose and that kind of thing. But you can come to Tomato and Tomato Mania and get expert help. And I think that in, in an almost, almost irrespective of the variety you choose is really, really important and it makes people good farmers. Interesting. What is the, what do you find is the kind of the number one and number two question that people ask when they come from asking for help? Um, Let's see. What are the, that's really, that's a good, that's a great question. Most of the time they want to know if it tastes good. And okay. so you kind of go, well, let's think about that. If you grow it correctly in right. the right place and you pick it when it's ultimately, and you eat it, mm -hmm. when it's ultimately ripe, it's gonna taste good. I don't, across the board, you, you know, point at any tomato in our lineup. Right. And if you do it right and you eat it when it's ultimately ripe, which is the goal and the, the biggest advantage of being a backyard farmer, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's gonna be it's gonna be delicious. And really, that's we get that a lot. Is it sweet? Is it delicious? And we have to say yes if you do it right. After that, I think I think most of the time, um, what are the, the the main question these days? Can I grow it in a pot? That's a huge question at Tomato Mania. Mm -hmm. Yes, we know you can grow it in the ground, right? That's what farmers do right. in rows and rows and rows and acres, right? We know this. It's a field crop. But yes, they grow really well in containers. Not this size. Right. Not small. <laughs> this size. Gotcha. In so a big pot. It's like 12 uh, to 14 inches. So I say 15 by 15 minimum. Okay. okay. Uh, that's a nice round, you know, nice round numbers that everybody can remember. Right. If, if you can do bigger, I love it. The more real estate, you know this, the more real estate you can offer a, <laughs> offer a tomato, right? Right. The better off it's going to be. So somebody lives in a 
condo as long as they've got you know six to eight hours of sun they could put the pot you put the, a you put mailing. a pot outside the back door and right. you you know and and you, you 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 make the soil you create the perfect soil right you fertilize because you have to do that more in a container right because everything's going right out the bottom and the plant only gets what you give it give it and that's really important you can move that pot you know, given the sun. And frankly, if you're in six to eight hours of sun, especially if you're a container grower, and we're finding this more and more, I live in Ojai where it's super hot. Mm -hmm. Plants, if they get full day sun in containers, just fry. Right. They absolutely fry. Six to eight, full sun, the plants will get what they need. And that container's an advantage for many people. And that positioning often uh, where it gets six rather than 13 hours of sun a day is really, really beneficial. So containers are a great way to grow. And yes, that's a, that's a very popular question for all of us. What about um, propagating? If somebody wanted to kind of get bigger, they've okay, they've had a little bit of success mm -hmm. with one or two plants, what would they do? What would they do then? Get a bunch of pots and kind of cut a little seedling? And sure, why not? Well, you can start with seed. You can save seed, and if you're in, you know, if you're into that, and um, and that kind of gets us to that other class of tomatoes that I didn't talk about. Talk about. Sure. An heirloom tomato is a tomato that's true from seed. So if you say if you grow a black crim, mm -hmm. heirloom tomato this year, you save a seed successfully. There are lots of lots of YouTube videos can show you how to do that, and it's easy. But you save it and you plant it tomorrow or next year, you're going to grow a plant that will produce that exact same tomato. That's natural selection. Over generations and generations, that's how heirlooms came about. We picked what we wanted or what was the right color off a, a season's crop. And that seed eventually became true. It's true from seed. That's an heirloom. So I went off on a tangent there on you. Um, but yes, if you, if you get excited about, let's say, a particular variety, if it's an heirloom, you can save seed. Do it. Mm -hmm. Try it next year. Seed growing, seed growing into tomatoes, you know, especially out of season, ahead of when the weather's right, can be really tricky, and a lot of people find that. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of where we are now in greenhouse, right? Tomatoes can be tricky in greenhouse, but you can do it. Um, I rather like the idea that if you're saving seed, sow it in the garden, but sow it after after you planted all your all your ones at the beginning of the season. Sow that seed right. in Southern California. Sow that seed in May. Sow it, sow it on May the fifteenth. Mm -hmm. And watch that, watch that baby produce for you till Thanksgiving if you're lucky, right? So sowing seed in the ground, saving seed, that's great. You can also take cuttings. You know, this is a, this is a cutting of a favorite dwarf tomato of mine. Okay. I knew back in the fall I was going to have trouble finding this seed. Seed crops are like every other crop in the world. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have a lot, sometimes you don't. Um, this has become, this is Cyril's choice, by the way. A little two foot tall, little round red jewel of a tomato. Mm -hmm. Right, that produces like a ten footer. Okay, and I said, "Oh, geez, I, I gotta, I gotta have this tomato next year." But the idea is, I wanted this again, so I, I saved cuttings, and basically, you cut off the end of a tip. I did this in November. I took the last healthy, healthy, you know, cuttings or or stems that were growing, right. sat them in water for a few days. Right generally about 10, 10 to 12 days in a, mm -hmm. in a bright window, changing the water out regularly. Mm -hmm. Doggone, they sprout roots. And in no time at all, presto change I'll show you, oh, these guys got a little wilty. But that's cuttings in water, and I don't know if you can see that, guys, but yep, there are, there white, are roots, roots growing right there. Yep. Cut off the bottom of that stem, mm -hmm. put that in some, some decent, rich, potting soil plus a little manure or something like that. Right. You know, you don't need a, you don't need a seed starting mix because it's no longer a seed, but you need a light, fluffy, loamy soil. It'll, you know, it'll jump right in like these guys, mm -hmm. and you're off to the races. So this is a one-gallon pot. These have been in here uh, for, you know, through, I guess, I guess over the last 12 weeks or so since I 
took cuttings, right? Um, I've been running them into the garage every night right. because that's what you have to do. You are dedicated. And uh, doggone, I mean, if you look closely, there are flowers happening on this baby. So yeah. it's, it's going January. on. It's, it's going on. And I just, you know, it, um, I mentioned this one's a dwarf, and that's a whole new realm of tomatoes for us. Mm -hmm. Dwarf tomatoes for, have been around for years. They've been around for 100 years. But when in our in our go big, grow big kind of world. Right. If I can get an eight foot tomato, why would I opt for a two foot tomato, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So for many years, I think they just suffered from, well, I can get more off the big barn, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what's happened in the last, oh, I guess 10, 15 years, is, is a group of hybridizers from all over the world have started sharing genetics of the smaller tomatoes, of the dwarfs. Mm -hmm. And they took some of those classics from the 100 year old classics and started breeding into modern lines, et cetera, et cetera. And now we have a whole group of heirloom dwarfs that are indeterminate, will produce over a long season, and they don't get much over three feet tall, if you're lucky. And for the most part, we, we really launched into this about a couple of years ago and started them in our, in our test gardens and in our garden trials. Mm -hmm. We couldn't be happier. It's really exciting. So again, for that first time farmer, right. you know, back up there who, who maybe freaks out when a tomato gets six feet tall and what do I do now? Right. Um, a dwarf tomato can be a great beginner's tool. Mm -hmm. And uh, my favorite thing we did last year, Paul, with these guys is that we actually grew them in hedges. Really? You know, when you set out when you set out standard tomatoes, optimally, you plant them six feet apart. Right. Nobody does that because nobody's got that space. Right. So we end up about three feet apart. You know, in a typical garden, we spread them out, and there we are, and off to the races. We planted these babies eight to ten inches apart, right, along a row. Phenomenal. Small, compact, sturdy, fruitful and easy to support at that level. And it was a brand new thing for us. And that's saying something for all my tomato folks who've been growing tomatoes for, you know, some of them for 40 years. Sure. So it's pretty exciting. And uh, again, a good tool for a beginner. Have you found that people's uh, interest in specific tomatoes has changed over time in the, in the period that you've been doing tomato Oh, tomatoes, have, tomatoes have, are fashionable or they're not. So absolutely, <laughs> tomato fashion is a very I did real. I know that was a thing. Oh, it's a very real thing. It's a very real thing. Um, you know, it just depends. Mm -hmm. Like the, the the happening thing now in tomatoes is this bronzy, rusty red color. Right? Okay. It's so everywhere. Not, so not red, but not green. Not, not red. Orange. No, no, no. It's bronzy, right? Okay. Our tomato of the year this year is a a small cherry or grape style okay. that is a brick red, and 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 it can tend to brown right. or brownish with green stripes. It's amazing. Right. And so, yes, things are things change all the time. Um, you have some people who, who always will grow a large tomato or some who will always grow a smaller tomato. Sure. Um, the blue tomatoes. You ever heard of the blue tomatoes? I have not heard of that. Short story, Oregon State or some wily and, and intelligent hybridizer found a wild tomato that was blue. Now, it probably didn't taste very good, but they took those genetics and started breeding them in with modern tasty tomatoes uh -huh. and eventually over generations, they evolved into tomatoes that have an eggplant color on the exterior. Interesting. Now that can be a shoulder, that can be a stripe. Oftentimes it's the whole, t it's the whole, you know, the right. whole thing. Right. Um, but it, it is eggplant blue. It carries the same anthocyanin nutrition that a blueberry does. Oh, really? That's why we like blueberries because of the anthocyanins, right? Oh. It is interesting. So you got a tomato that's way cool looking, right? right? Really healthy, um, a little bit later to ripen than most in most cases, which is odd. And for tomato files, that's a that's a, a key piece of information, right? Um, but yeah, blue tomatoes. Who you know? So fashion changes, and we yes, we we absolutely will go all over the map. And I hope people go all over the map. That's what we want. You know, there's a lot out there. There probably are 7,500 varieties of tomatoes that I can get seed for. 
Really? Uh huh. I had no idea. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so I have 300 varieties at one of my events, you know, and that's a hard edit. That's a lot. That's a <laughs> that's lot of variety. A, that's a hard edit. The tough part is, you know, God, nobody can go 300, but geez, yeah. that's what's happening. Have you ever been surprised where people were asking for something specific, and of course you had heard of it, but maybe there was this outside rush or interest <laughs> in some specific variety and then you kind of got caught off guard of course yeah. oh of course i mean we you know we never know what's going to hit we right. really don't right and so it's a variety of things we try to promote again we promoted tomato of the year every year for the last five years or so because mm -hmm. we finally got to the point where you know we like yelling about everything but if you yell, yell about 300 nobody hears anything right so we we talk about the star of our trials we talk about the star of our tastings when we can have them right um how do you and, become tomato of the year how does that I'm sorry? How, how does a tomato win tomato of the well year? imagine you know right. it's it's got to be fruitful <laughs> right or productive right it's got to be beautiful because it has to take a good picture right, right. um <laughs> it's got to be tasty of course Right, and then you know, disease resistance, size, all these things sort of play into the into this as well. So, um, yeah, we've been all over the map with that. But it is each year, for whatever reason, there's a standout. You know, even if we have 25 that we adore, right? right. There's always one standout. And this year, Bronze Torch was that, just by far. Right. And I would hand it to people, and they'd eat it, and I would just laugh because their faces would light up, and I would go. That's the one, right? And uh, so sometimes it tells us. Right. Other times we have to look a little harder and, right. and pick it. I want people to be adventurous, and that's kind of why Tomato Mania exists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want you to grow your favorites from last year, from 10 years ago, from whatever, but I want you to grow what's new just because it's something different, and that's interesting. Very cool. How did Tomato Mania start? My friend Gary Jones, who owned a very trend-setting nursery in Pasadena in the early 90s, started Tomato Mania on or about 92. I think. I arrived, I, I had a wacky professional background, and when I decided that co the corporate world was not for me, um, I made a big career shift and, and said I'm going to go work at a nursery, because it's all I wanted to do, was grow things. Mm -hmm. And that was 95, so Gary and I, our paths intersected, and I went, you have a tomato, you have a what? And he had an heirloom tomato event, and nobody had ever seen an heirloom seedling. There were, that was just when things got started. We could find seed, right. if you were adept at, you know, a sleuth. Um, but plants, no, they, nobody saw that before. And so we started, I think Gary started with a group of 25 or 30 heirlooms mm -hmm. and I was there four years and I helped him build it. And by the time I left the nursery four or uh, so years later, um, we, Tomato Mania was the biggest weekend of the year. We were selling 275 varieties and people were kind of losing their brains. Right. And, it, and we had so much fun. So that's how Tomato Mania started. Um, I took over and uh, bought the company in 05, okay. I think, and, and we, the, the nursery closed, unfortunately, and so we had to take the show on the road, as it were. So it's a road and show. It's, it's now a road show. We did our first, our first um, out of Pasadena, mm -hmm. you know, first ro road sort of stop was Tappy Brothers Farm Stand, the classic farm stand right in Encino, right at the 405 and the 101. Wow, that is An amazing yeah. space for so many people for years. And uh, yeah, I watched in and said, hey guys, you don't know me, but uh, you know how to sell pumpkins and Christmas trees. I do the same with tomatoes. Can I borrow that space? And they said yes. Very cool. And in a miraculous kind of turn of events, we had a place to go and one event became two events, two events became three. Um, over the last 20 years, we've experimented with the event in five states, 25 cities. Oh wow. Trying to figure out how it works best, right? right. And um, we've landed in Southern California because it's flat closer. Right. And, um, and we've, we've, we've worked on expanding that in, in recent years. Gotcha. And that's where we sit today. And you can't, if you're going to other areas because of agricultural rules, yes. you can't just 
put your tomatoes you, in a truck and take them you to You can't just bounce in, Nevada. especially in California. Right. You know, as, as, and so, so yes, there are all kinds of things to consider when you go anywhere. Right. And so we have to honor those, and we do. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been largely successful and so welcomed by hosts all over the place. Sure. I mean, you know, we've been at Arboretums. I've had, them at a, I've had a tomato mini at a party store. Um, we, anywhere we can go and, you know, rah-rah tomatoes, we do it. So they're big and small events. Though. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Everyone is different. I'll be, at, I'll be in Ojai at our, at our local feed store, uh -huh. right? Okay. And I'll have, I'll have, I don't know, I'll have 50 to 75 varieties available. Tapia? close to 300, right? Wow. Rogers, on or about the same, right? So so we have small and large. Here at Otto, I think we'll probably have about 150 varieties. Okay. That's a lot. That's a lot. And that's right. way more than anybody needs. Yeah, you're gonna and blow so your mind. Yeah. we just get excited and, you know, the bigger the better, the more the merrier, and that's how we roll. So what is the optimum soil for growing tomatoes? Well, the, the key is to make it optimal. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that, that is, let's make optimal soil to grow our tomatoes in. So you have different needs for a tomato. Sometimes you're in a container, sometimes you're in the ground, right? Mm -hmm. If you're in the ground, you want a, ideally a soft, loamy, rich soil, and we don't have that much of that in California. Right. So we have to really, you know, a gardener knows what it means to amend, right? Mm -hmm. To change, and you're going to change the structure of that soil in order that your plant does the best that it, it can, mm -hmm. right? So in the ground, you, you just add copious amounts of organic matter. And organic, that rich, that helps a sandy soil be richer, mm -hmm. and it helps a clay soil drain better. Mm -hmm. It does everything that a soil needs. So whether it's manures, bagged or not, right. um, it's green material, it's your own compost, it's a, a bagged mix of some rich combination, love it. There's lots of brands and lines that will get you what you need. Use it, and use a lot of it. It all starts with the soil. Front to if you don't get it started right, it's right. like the foundation of a house. Right. Right. The house will fall down if the foundation is not strong. Same thing for your for your for your soils. In a container, mm -hmm. you have the opportunity to build a perfect universe for a tomato. Really? Yep. You're going to do it all. You have no clay. Right. You have no sand. You have none of that. Right. So in a pot, and remember, larger is better when it comes to tomatoes. Yep. One per pot, unless you're really really doing a big pot. Sure. Um, or you do dwarfs. You can you can you can you can fudge a little bit with the dwarfs, gotcha. right? Um, add add another, or maybe even a couple if you get the right one. However, you're going to put that soil together. Um, first of all, growers who have grown in pots before say, "Hey, can I just use my own my old soil?" And I say, "No, <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> you cannot do that." at least take half of it out, for goodness sakes. Right. If you had any disease issues at all, get rid of that soil. Mm -hmm. So best case scenario, start with new soil every year in a container. I generally like to say, look, put, fill half the pot with a premium potting soil. Mm -hmm. Premium, it's gonna cost more. Sure, that's couple, how it goes. Couple bucks. Um, cheap potting soil is dust. Gotcha. It doesn't do much for your plants. Mm -hmm. So start with a premium potting soil that's designed to drain and make your plant and roots happy. Then give it the stuff you just put in the ground. Add worm castings, add compost, add a rich soil mix that you can buy at a, at a nursery near you. Rich soil mix. Look at a soil mix and read the ingredients. If it's one ingredient, leave it there. If it's a lot of ingredients, Interesting. oyster shell, guano, compost and manures, compost for, that's what you want, right? So again, half potting soil, mm -hmm. that's your base. Yep. Add all those other good nutrients, mix it all together, that's your best soil for a container. Whether you're starting cuttings or whether you're transplanting a little four inch baby or one gallon or whatever, um, and we sell both. We sell four inch plants, which is the standard nursery fare. Mm -hmm. And then we sell, we generally sell a one gallon at most of our events. And that just 
gets you along further. Again, you know, my impatient tomato maniacs right. who want who want tomato sooner, <laughs> that's how you do it. You buy a one gallon plant, which is generally four to five weeks ahead of that little four inch guy. And mostly it's about root, root growth and mm -hmm. stability. Mm -hmm. You get tomato sooner. Very cool. I and, want that. And then what about watering? How often? They don't wow. take that much water, right? Tomatoes? Well, watering, watering is, is a good, it's a good topic to talk about because it's also a very tricky thing. A tricky thing. I always, I always say the two things we screw up in tomato gardens are fertilizer and water, right? Fertilizer because you've got to use it. Right. You know, we're, we're often really good at buying fertilizer and we put it in the garden shed and there it sits next Christmas <laughs> right. and nothing's been done with it. So true. So I tell people, buy that bag and put it right next to your tomato plants. I don't care if the bag withers and falls out, whatever. You should use that thing before the bag goes or the box goes away, right? right. So buy a fertilizer and use it. Back to your question. Um, water. How much? The key's gonna be, a, it's gonna depend on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Are you in a container? High to the summer, you might be watering every day. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. You might. Wow. Um, and, and that's one of your measures about, hey, do I have it in too much sun? Right. If the plant is wilting every day and you have to rescue that plant every day, right. you need to move your pot into a little less exposure right? A softer, kinder place for your plant. If you're in the ground, the, the, the general consensus or the, you know, do what a farmer does. Farmer's right. not watering for the most part every day, right? right? If even in Ojai where it's super hot, I deep water. So the idea with a, an in-ground tomato, tomato is deeply and infrequently. It's like right? once a week kind of a thing? Soak it. Mm -hmm. Well, eventually. Mm -hmm. What you want to do is, you know, you put a four inch tomato into the ground and you only have that little bitty root ball. Right. When you water, I want you to soak the root ball. That's the rule. So on day one, how much water does it take to water a four inch? Right. Not much. But next week, now you got six inches of roots. Mm -hmm. In three weeks, now you got 10 inches of roots. You get me? Yep. So as the season goes along, you water, water more when you water. You don't necessarily make change the, the schedule. If I put in a four inch plant today in this kind of gorgeous weather, I don't have to water it for three or four days. Mm -hmm. Try that. And then what you're doing is if you deep water, you're creating a well of water down below the plant. It can't possibly use everything. Right. It can't. But what you get is a well of water. This year, we're lucky we have rain that did a little bit for, of that for us, right? Right. Um, we've got some deep water. If you create a, a well below the plant, the roots will always be able to get to it. So on a windy day, on a super hot day, when the plant is stressed, there's a, there's a reserve. That's what you want. So deeply and infrequently in the ground, um, as much as necessary in those pots. Right. And I think, Paul, one of the things that one of the things getting back to containers and beginners and all that, just in, in line with watering, is that oftentimes if you pr protect the pot a little bit, you can extend your watering and not have to be out there every day. Right. If you can do it, that's a good idea. There's always the finger test, you know, is my, does my plant need water? Right. That's it. But if you protect the pot, what I mean by that is oftentimes we put our uh, our containers on a cement pad, an asphalt driveway, a stone patio. Right. That's hot. That's really hot. So if you can, it helps to grow in a wooden container or a paper pulp container that we love to sell at our events. Mm -hmm. It's actually almost cardboard, right? Because right. it doesn't heat up. Clay heats up, plastic heats up. And because the roots are all around, you know this, a plant, the, as the roots grow, they often coagulate, right. if you will, right. on the outside of the plant where all that heat is. So if you're in a container, you're often just frying roots all summer instead of trying to grow a tomato. Protect your pots, mm -hmm. put other plants around it, protect them from um, uh, reflected heat. I take old canvas or whatever I've got and I actually wrap the pots. Interesting. That way you remove the sun from the equation, the roots are cool, and container gardeners, here's, this is what you need to know, you need to be like the ground. The tomato plant wants full sun. Mm -hmm. The roots want to be cool. Interesting. The roots need to be cool. If you can accomplish that in your containers, you'll be a successful container gardener. So, um, and again, as that pertains to water, 
if you protect that root ball a little bit more, you won't have to water so much. That's better for your plant. They don't want to be soggy all the time. Sure. That's they, they don't want to. They don't live in swamps. Mm -hmm. They're actually, as you pointed out earlier, um, really, really tough, and you know don't need a lot of water in the end. Very cool. So as uh, as recipes change, as people's taste interests change, mm -hmm. do you find that? There's certain varieties of tomato that are, are becoming more popular based on, on people's preferences. Well, there's so much emphasis on food today, right? right? And yes, fashions change, whether that's taste or look or you know whatever it is. Um, I, think, I think what we just see is that people want something different. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I can identify a trend or a direction or whatever. Um, I think we, we try to offer varieties so that people will branch out mm -hmm. and figure figure out that they can make a sauce out of cherry tomatoes. Right. And you can, you know, or they can roast a beefsteak. <laughs> you know, I mean, I love breaking the rules. Uh -huh. So yes, if we see those, you know, we do see trends happening, but I don't know that I can pinpoint them in our, our, our emphasis or our or, you know, we urge people to just try something, try something else. Sure. And I would assume that the people that uh, work at your events, that, that volunteer at your events, they're called tomato maniacs, they're passionate about <laughs> coming and working, and yes. it's almost like just kind of not even work, it's fun. It is if it's Because if it's fun, it's not really considered work. Yeah. Who, who comes? Who volunteers? Who, who are these people that come? Well, number one, I don't have any volunteers anymore, okay. and I'm really proud of that. Okay. Um, it takes me upwards of 30 people to run my biggest sale over wow. three days. Um, yeah, it's a lot of people. We have to. We have a lot of friends coming in, obviously, friends and customers, and and so yeah, I need all my good garden friends to do this. I have some people who I, I mean I, I have lots of great people who work with me, and no business stands up if it doesn't have great people, and that's what we're known for. Again, mm -hmm. I, we talked about advice and and just these you know these are these are diehard gardeners who come and work this thing for me. Right. Um, but I have, yeah, I have people who worked with me at the nursery in the 90s who show up every Tomato Mania, and it's like old home week. Mm -hmm. So they're, you know, we're, we're nursery alumni um, who you just use this weekend to kind of reconnect and share knowledge and excite people about this product, which is, which is really what we want to do. Mm -hmm. And then for when Tomato Mania is not running, because it is big events throughout the year, yes. um, spring and springtime, yes. mostly springtime, where are you selling the rest of the year? Or well, here's the thing: we we only have a small window. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing we're not in the Northeast because we have a, a no microscopic window, window <laughs> right. right, in which to sell tomatoes. Right. Um, the tomato season in Southern California is all the way till you know, and I'm talking about planting season, mm -hmm. can run all the way through June. If you're in a super beachy area and you get lots of fog in May and you know end of April, May, June kind of thing, your season may not start in earnest right. until, or the plants won't start you know revving up until late June. So we're lucky in Southern California that we have a long season to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, it's those ones you plant in late May and June that are going to be the ones producing into the fall. And a lot of people want to know that and, and, and need to know that. Um, but yeah, our, our window is very short. So as I, as I sort of described the scene, we start south of LA and then move up with the season, often always trying to be on the cusp of the season so that people can get started early. Um, we don't have that much time. That, that's the truth of it. Right. So we are available through these events in the spring. We are not, we all are about plants and not about tomatoes. Sure. We try to do tastings at the end of the spring, but we all go all go into our other lives, you know, what, which we have to do after after that happens or after the events are over. But yes, we um, we do our events and it's a it's a short little window. This year nine events so far. Oh really? So yes, well, so we'll have nine events. We've maxed out at sixteen in Southern California and right. that was a little ridiculous. Right. Um, so yeah, I pull together all these great people and they support me endlessly and we have fun and this year we'll do nine nine full on events. Very cool.
So you put out, Scott, you put out this book called Tomato Mania. Tell yes. us about this. Tomato Mania happened in 2016, published by St. Martin's Press. We were very proud of it. Um, we did, we self-published a little guide for not only my staff, and but that we sold for years. And this was based on that. So this is 200 pages and lots of pretty pictures and 20 recipes and everything we can give you in, uh, in, in okay, 200 pages, right? So we were, really, um, we were really pleased. It goes through some of the varieties. We can't possibly hit them all, sure. right? Um, but the do's, the don'ts, the, you know, some funny stories perhaps and that, and, uh, and, and tries to convince you that you need to try to grow tomatoes and you can do it successfully. So hopefully that's what it does through all these pages. And where can folks find this book? The, now it's out of print. I, I have, oh, I've, wow. rights, I've retained rights now. So okay. um, you can get it through my website. We're okay. at tomatomania.com. Um, we have a little store there that, we're, that, that we love, and you can definitely get it through there. You can obviously get it at our events and at a few of the stores that we, or a few of the hosts um, that see us in the springtime carry it a little, a little, a little longer than that. We, sure. we used to be completely a pop-up, but now we have events that stick for a while. We, we're stay puts for a while. <laughs> and so some of, our, some of our biggest events at Tapia and Encino, Moore Park at Underwood Family Farms, uh, we, we, we do our event and then we stay for a while. And uh, so we, we hopefully can uh, offer it for a little bit longer and be a little bit more direct response and available to people. Very cool. For those folks that are lucky enough to be uh, Ventura County based, um, you're going to have an event here next month in, uh, in March. That's right. We're Ventura County heavy this year. Uh -huh. The entire schedule is on tomatomania.com. Uh, you can find out the details about events. Each one's different. Mm -hmm. So you can find all of that. Um, Otto, like I said, is one of our, our longest running events. Uh, we will show up here on Friday, Saturday. Of March. Uh, well, this year it's March 11th and 12th. Okay. And so we will we'll bring in the whole dog and pony show. We'll set it up. There will be tomatoes there. There'll be veggies there. There'll be obviously roses, which won't be probably in full bloom on in mid-March, but some gorgeous roses that you can buy. Um, and again, all the all the tomatoes that we can provide for you, both in four inch and one gallon tomato. And uh, of 150 plus. I think varieties. we're going to aim for 150 varieties. Yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a two day sale again. Friday, Saturday. Close. They're closed here on Sundays. But um, yeah, we come out and, and I'll have my staff and their staff and, and we'll tell you everything, you know, we'll do everything we can to tell you about tomatoes. I believe that we will be able to do classes again this year. And when we do, we'll probably have a couple each day, depending on, depending on uh, how all that falls out. And uh, so we'll sit you down and talk to you. <laughs> if, Very you're, cool. if you're willing, uh -huh. uh, we'll sit down and talk to you about tomatoes. And again, tell you everything we can to, to help you make, uh, be successful as a farmer. Um, we've got an event in Ojai, event in Carpinteria, an event in Moore Park and Somas. So we're we are uh, Ventura heavy this year. And if you're if you're if you're in the county, come find us. We look forward to seeing you. So we certainly want to thank our sponsors today, the Escrow Hub and the Money Store. And of course, we want to especially thank our guest Scott Dag with Tomato Mania. Thank you. Thank well, you, it's, it's been thank great to be with you. And for you outdoor backyard patio garden <laughs> enthusiasts, we hope you learned something today about tomatoes, growing tomatoes, and hopefully you can check out one of the Tomato Mania events throughout Southern California in the next few months. Thanks, and uh, be sure to join us for the next edition of Farm Talks.